Welcome to Leportee, your weekly destination to hear about what happened in the hospitality industry around the world last week. I'm Miriam and this is Mish. Hello. What we do is dig through thousands and thousands of newspapers every day for you, so you don't have to. <laughs> we'll also keep you updated on global events, what's up in academia and what software are currently changing the industry. We must certainly stick to facts. In fact, we cite them for every story we have. However, you will hear our personal opinions as well. All right, let's jump right in. Mish, that, man. how's life? How are you? Before we start with our first piece of news. Um, this, 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 this week is just messy. I don't know. I don't, I feel a bit... Uh, <laughs> disbalanced i suppose even though technically everything is good on paper it's it's uh i don't know everything just feels off you know off balance that's what it does how about you i'm good i'm okay i'm podcasting from switzerland so i'm pretty sure i'm going oh, to the mountains oh. tomorrow wow. podcasting from <laughs> switzerland that that sounds so fancy <laughs> <laughs> true all right let's move on to the actual hospitality news i think we're not getting anywhere with our personal lives here <laughs> maybe, maybe next time we'd be like i'm podcasting from uh, kosovo this week <laughs> that, that would be oh, very yeah. interesting as well okay so miriam uh i think i can start if you don't mind because i feel like you cool. start every time so i'm gonna take the honor this week um please do i give you the floor Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, first story of the week, and I found it, uh, I mean, it's not as exciting maybe, but um, basically several companies now are investing into aviation fuel. In fact, aviation fuel that is quote unquote sustainable, including even Microsoft. Uh, so you know, Microsoft, uh, the United Airlines and uh, JetBlue. Um, there's several companies now out there uh, that are basically trying to capture CO2 from the air and turning that into fuel that you can use in in jet in in, in jets in airplanes or whatever kind and in fact they have received actually 36 million funding um so mm. uh, collectively so not one company but collectively <laughs> uh, there's several companies that are doing it uh, one is called ether fuels and uh, meta fuels uh, right so they all have very creative names. Um, <laughs> now, the story itself, right? It's it's kind of kind of cool. It's clickbaity, right? You can you can wow, you can get CO two out of CO two. You can get fuel, right? In fact, most of the um, uh, nitrogen that is used currently for food production is just extracted from thin air, right? That's uh, uh, one of those things that the chemists received a Nobel Prize for. But uh, the problem is. The, the element of capturing it, specifically CO2 right now, is still extremely costly. So just mm. the CO2 capture itself already makes the process of sort of by, by kilogram uh, energy uh, capture more expensive than just regular fuel that you can get out of, you know, an oil station. So the question is, it's basically if anybody will actually use this, because obviously airlines' margins are extremely tight, and if you suddenly double the fuel price, um, doesn't sound like they might go for that, except as a marketing trick for every 100th plane, maybe. They use one uh, sustainable. 
But it is actually sustainable. Like it is. Well, that's the point. You literally, so you literally have huge fans, right? That just suck in、yeah. CO2, right? Or you can maybe place it in, obviously, in locations where there is more CO2 in the air. You then use a chemical process.、Um, um, actually, I think it's an electromagnetic process of、uh, capturing the CO2 out of the air, right? So you basically、mm-hmm. then create a like a solid CO2 block, right? Which by itself、mm-hmm. can actually be burned, and then you can take that and turn it into whatever you want because it's just pure carbon. In a way, so the one of the processes that was、uh, mentioned in the article by one of the companies is they then heat up that CO two to really、mm-hmm. high temperatures to get the the oxygen out of it and just have the carbon stay, and then you know、mm-hmm. they turn it into fuel. And some of the companies,、wow. so they already produce this, right? It it happens.、Uh, question is obviously、mm-hmm. the cost. So, but I mean, but that's usually a process, right? Like at the beginning, you find a new way, and then. Other companies jump in and they find way of I don't know maybe capturing it cheaper or there's if if technology goes there and people are interested in it that might be a, an evolution coming that's pretty nice yeah I mean let's see if they can break the laws of physics and then make it efficient well. <laughs> that's a very good piece of news I'm glad that you started with that. Yes, it's it's. I mean, honestly, if if this works right, it's going to be amazing. Also, there's companies that are currently trying to make biofuels out of bacteria, that eat plastics, and you know, there's all kinds of things happening, and some of them might actually become sustainable. I really that, hope I mean, that in like a year we're going to be we're going to be sitting here and we're going to say like, remember when you said that people are not willing to pay more for sustainability? Look what they're doing now. They're investing a lot of money. I mean, there is another piece of news that I just read that, but I didn't pick it because I knew that you were going to debate me on it again. Anyway,、uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, tell us what are you from this week, Mary? I found the same article as you did、um, about Airbnb, and、um, Airbnb、uh, decided to actually、um, pay taxes in Italy. Wow, that's very good.、Um, It's um 576 million euros that Airbnb is going to be paying <coughs> to Italian revenue agency for the year 2007 until 2021. Um, 17, seventeen. Sorry, two seventeen to two twenty one. I mean, so like when I read the news, I was kind of confused. So they were just not paying any taxes. So what I've understood is they were keeping, right? They're getting all the revenues, and then they pay out、um, to the owners and keep their commission to themselves. That's how the model works. But then, during from two thousand seventeen to two twenty one, whether the host nor Airbnb was paying their taxes, is that? Did you understand that the same way? So now they need to pay back those five hundred and seventy six million euros. <laughs> um, effectively, they they were trying to sue Italy actually, right? For, because I think this is a kind of a a tax that is only applicable for、um, that is only applicable in Italy, and basically、oh, they were trying、okay. to say, oh, so basically they're trying to say that you know how dare you do that for us, even though the rest of Europe doesn't to that extent, but、uh, the EU court ruled that basically. Italy has the right to do that because it's their own law applicable to their own taxes, right? So mm, mm. 
you know, congratulations, Airbnb. Please pay 21% of all the bookings you've uh, had on um, since those three years. Wow. I, by the way, I mean, right? Commission, no? uh, well, I mean, the, the point is, I suppose, is that at least they don't actually charging landlords, right? So it's yeah. not the landlords who are going to be falling for this. It's Airbnb is going to pay it out. And I guess now in the future, Airbnb costs are going to adjust themselves in, uh, in uh, Italy, right? Yeah, for sure, because they need to add those 21% taxes on top of it. I mean, interesting. Right, in Germany, right, there's a 9% on, on Ferien, on holiday homes. So it's like, it doesn't really, I see no reason why it would happen. Well, it, there's the VAT on uh, hotel bookings, right? Hotel bookings and holiday home bookings. There's the VAT, just so yeah. the value yeah, added yeah, tax, yeah. which is general 19%, and then there's the the tax on holiday homes and hotels. So I I don't see any reason why Airbnb would fight specifically this country <laughs> for that, but maybe mm. because it's more high than usual or unless, you know, the taxman always wins. <laughs> I, I mean, I thought it was a lot of money that Airbnb had to pay in Italy, so. Oh, poor Airbnb, mm-hmm. poor Airbnb, how can they? I'm sure they will be fine. Okay. On that piece of news, I think we can move on. Um, I, found a, I found a very, I mean, it's it's a, it's an interesting project. So uh, Seychelles, uh, I think you've probably heard of him. Seychelles, the islands, pretty famous, really good holiday destination. Um, Seychelles are currently creating or have created a tourism project that is basically trying to create, turn the sustainability, turn, make the destination more sustainable. Uh, they had over, I think, 300,000 visitors uh, annually, approximately, usually, on average, right? And the sort of the politicians and the director of the, the tourism office, they're both kind of stating, right, that all they want to do is basically have this destination work better. So basically get more luxury tourism going in, uh, get get it to pay, I mean, sort of basically get the people to pay more to stay in Seychelles, yet at the same time, right, decrease the the amount of traffic of people so that they can actually maintain all the different areas, national parks, the, the beaches um, for the generations to come. So basically upscale the, the tourism level. On top of that, actually, which is, I found pretty interesting. I mean, right, it, may, it might be just a neat marketing trick, but um, in a nutshell, they've partnered with local businesses, specifically local hospitality businesses, which uh, an each hospitality business is basically leading its own sub project for for on behalf of the of the island. For example, Club Med, local Club Med is dedicated now to rebuild the reefs or restore the reefs. Right, uh, a lot of them are being were damaged by the the divers. A lot of them are also being damaged by the climate. So now they have like a side project where they'll try to restore them. So they will be. You know, there's a it's pretty, it's one of the main regions actually reason the reasons why people go to Seychelles is for the coral reefs that are quite beautiful there. Hilton, uh, also like a Hilton resort, uh, basically now will be dedicated well now, but you know it will train local talent, quote unquote, and it will uh, basically allow locals to become hospitality professionals, and then join you know let them join the the pool of people who can get jobs worldwide in diff- various different hills. 
Now, um, I'm not sure how the Club Med project is, right? Because that sounds actually like something proactive that they would not have not done otherwise. The Hilton project sounds more like they're going to hire people and allow them to work in other Hiltons, like every other Hilton employee. But, you know, <laughs> great for them. Congratulations. <laughs> you get a job and you can work in other Hiltons. Very good. Um, but nonetheless, right, it's a bit more different than just creating a shitty post um, on social media and saying, you know, let's save water or print a bunch of paper posters and lay them across the whole island trying to encourage people to, I don't know, so do something different. So fair enough for them. I mean, I guess the act of kind of mm, making the island more exclusive by in increasing the rates and building more luxury hotels. I think this is something Seychelles is not the first island that has been trying to do that, right? If you look at Mallorca, Ibiza, they're all trying to kind of get different tourists to their island um, to protect it. But I like the fact that they actually kind of every brand or every company needs to have a project that, um, yeah, supports the sustainability of the island, which is, I think, a super nice example of of sustainability they put a nice spin we to let's please make sure that we get more high value guests to our destination <laughs> exactly <laughs> i mean honestly i think you know sometimes it doesn't it matters that they're steering towards sustainability and i think it's super nice that in this podcast we always see different kind of attempts and we talk about different attempts different companies are doing that in hospitality so i think yeah who knows maybe nice. In the next 10 years, there will be, or 20 years, the, the next Hilton CEO will be from Seychelles as part of the trading program. Okay, right, that's, yes. That, that's Why the not? big sell. I mean, come on. every That's the big sell that every hotel chain company tries to make. You work your way up. You start as a bellboy, and then in 20 years, you're leading the biggest hotel company in the world. Done. I feel that was like 20 years ago. But sure, if you still believe that. You should, should be more optimistic about this, Miriam. Uh, your pessimism that will not help the people of Seychelles. I'm just saying. You're usually the sarcastic one. So. <laughs> Perhaps I was giving a bit of sarcasm. All right, I, I think it's time. In time. <laughs> okay. So. I think it's time to move on. Time to move on. I want to talk about the fact that hotel brands. Uh, it's predicted that there's going to be a bloat in hotel brands. Did you know that there are over a thousand hospitality brands? It's a lot, including like the big players like Marriott, right? All of them. And then sometimes I just had a, I, I know quite well, a developer from Accor. And it's true, like every, they just have a brand for every different I don't know, potential user and every different category from budget to hostels to long stay, short stay, resi, just everything. They can just kind of open their catalog and they're like, which one do you want? Um, and so there is kind of a prediction that um, it's going to be a bloat and there are going to be too many and they're going to be further consolidated. And I, 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 I was quite interesting because they look at all the reasons, you know, why so many brands are, are, coming up and so one of the reasons for example is that it's easier to create a new brand than to fix an existing one because it takes more kind of marketing capabilities and investment to keep an existing one and keep it fresh and new than just building a new one um often brands are created for owners because owners want kind of a cookie cutter 
um, solution, they say, you know, they say, okay, for this amount of investment per room, you're going to get this rate and you need to, you need to pay this and then you get this ADR and this is going to be your revenue. So actually the brands are often created for owners, not even for users. So I don't know. I just thought it was really interested how they're looking at the reasons why there are more and more and more brands created. What's your take on it? Um, just what just the, the top four, five, whatever, six hotel brands, companies, right? Have at mm -hmm. least each like 20 to 30 brands. So just the mm -hmm. 120 of the thousand hotel brands that you talked about are subsidiaries, right? Of the, the big companies like Accor. So, mm -hmm. I, I mean, in that, I mean, that's in a nutshell what it is, right? I think at some point you catch on the fact that Accor has 36 brands and you think about, well, it's like the, well, it's a little bit like the, what you call it, uh, sort of the consumer brands, uh, you know, those companies that make like 30 different types of chocolates or uh, PNC mm. or the Mars company, right? They all have a billion different sub brands uh, for every single food category. And <clears throat> I mean, each one performs as, you know, to, to a certain extent. I think as the older you get, the more you, you get to know them, the, the less excited you are about, I don't know, any single one of them being born. Like, for example, I remember when I was, maybe it's a pretty shitty comparison, but when I was little, the Milky Way chocolate bar, remember that? That was that was like one of the most favorite things I could ever had as a kid, the Milky Way chocolate bar. And now yeah. as I think about it, mm -hmm. I think, oh yeah, it's just like part of that huge portfolio of all the different chocolates and it just, it's just boring a little bit. So maybe a lot of these brands will just, they, they don't have the value anymore, perhaps, right? But also the question is, right, this this is an article, this is kind of an opinion piece, right? It's not very, it's not like exactly. a survey of 100,000 people saying, we don't really care about the 1,000 brands anymore, blah, blah, blah. And I think we all know. Yeah, everyone, but I also. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. No, no, go for it. We also know like a 1,000 different people, like everybody knows hundred thousand people who all have their own little place they like to stay at right uh, for example if you're a business traveler you have your favorite chain if you're a uh, private person you have a place to go to on holidays for the next 20 years right it's kind of everybody picks and chooses what they like exactly my question though i don't think many people still have their favorite hotel brand like i remember i think like 10 years ago it was pretty clear like okay you had a marriott card you would always stay in the marriott but that doesn't, I don't see that anymore today. You, we decide, we go on three different platforms. We go on Booking, we go on Airbnb, and then, I don't know, something else. And then we look, and we don't care what the brand is. We look at the rooms. We don't even look at the star rating anymore. So actually, to consumers, the brands don't really matter, no? Or is it just me? Well, I mean, think about it this way, right? Yes, in, if you go to, let's say, Amsterdam, you know, in Amsterdam, 100, top 100 hotels there are all amazing, right? So you, 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 the way you find the hotel, right, is first of all location, right? The kind of the obvious uh, set of sets of KPIs of the any given look, uh, place. Then you look at the review score and then you kind of try to match your price, right? And uh, then boom, you have your hotel. But let's say you're going somewhere to India. 
and you have no idea what's going on there, right? And it's nothing, mm. no comment for India, but it's more like if mm. you're not from India, you don't really, know, you're not really familiar with the local hotel market, and you're kind of afraid to have the wrong option, right? That's why mm. McDonald's is famous. You always know if you go there, you'll, you'll explain, you know, that's the obvious, you know what to expect when you go there. So, for example, if I go to a Marriott or some sort of, some, for example, when I was traveling in China, often we would choose brands because they would feel more safe. So basically, right, I mean, you then end up, because you're uncertain of the market, you end up choosing the brand that you care about. Yeah, you know that, that absolutely that's makes sense. I was more thinking about Europe and my own travel habits. So, fair point, fair point. All right, it's time for your next news. My next news. What you um, get? Let's see, I have a lot of things. Um, well, let's talk about externalities. I think those are, those are a bit more... No, actually, let's talk about academia. I think that's uh, <laughs> one of those topics I always often like to talk about. So this week, a new academic paper was released. Exciting, exciting, I know. Uh, keep, keep your excitement uh, to yourself. So um, in a nutshell, uh, basically... A, a collection of scientists in white coats, as you imagine them, looked at 811 frontline staff employees in hotels. Specifically, the study had took place in Taiwan, and they looked at um, the sort of the social uh, relationships they have uh, with their employees and with their bosses, and how that impacts the quality of the hotels, the quality of the service. So basically, let's say. You are good friends with your employees, with your colleagues. You go out, you have a, you know, you basically have a, a, um, a pretty good exchange between them. And it's, you know, you know, you guys are not enemies. You know, there's no toxicity going on. How, so how does that in turn impact the, the total quality of the place? So the, the, the metrics they use this, for example, there's this uh, program you might have heard of with this uh, total quality management. Right? Those are kind of like this big names for how do you manage quality so they try to use those benchmarks and basically what they found out is in a nutshell uh, if you're happy with your employees with your colleagues if you have a good time with them and you know you you are more likely to create better service quality to 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 your guests now to me right it's, it sounds like a kind of it could always sound a bit like this right? right what a shocker that just sounds such like a Deep but, but, scientific paper that no one else could have predicted just by like. But you and I both know that several hotels out there, especially in the in the upper scale category, have unproductive environments where people see each other as enemies and try to compete with each other instead of actually working as a team. This is a very common thing in hospitality in old school yes. hotel chains, right? And. <clears throat> This is in effect saying, look, what you're doing is wrong. So because those cultures are not by accident happening the way they are, they are, they are sort of pushed and kind of uh, encouraged by, by the people who work there, by the management, by, by everyone. Right? It's, Why do you think not... that is happening? Oh, that's because... a whole other... That's a whole other topic. Miriam, let's do a section called "Interview Michael" about what he thinks. No, um, wow. I mean, I, I don't. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't have uh, a very set, clear of a set of clear ideas as why this happens. 
but to me it always seemed like this is a result of an old school culture that you know comes from way back then you know a lot of hotels that are more traditional work in more likely the same way as they have been working for the past 30 40 years where first of all there is extreme hierarchy right so there's a very clear layer of people and you know each layer uh, make sure that the other layer knows that they are above them, right? So there is no flat hierarchies. Mm. It's kind of the, a lot of the modern companies try to make them. As a result, you have this sort of um, rivalry. rivalry, right, that happens, that where people try to mm. you know move their way up. Also, I mean, this this uh, also the environment. I think it's what I've heard a lot of times is, for example, for five-star hotels, the culture is also very much often impacted by the guests who work there, right? If you've, I mean, we, you and I both know, and I know those people who worked in five-star hotels before, the guests are very special in five-star hotels. They, they have very special demands and that obviously gets rubbed on the people who work there probably, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and then in turn, it becomes very unproductive between people. I mean, also the sort of the management style of a lot of people in these companies is very old school. It's more like uh, something happened, make sure let's find, let's find the person who made it, who did it and let's scream at them. And uh, let's make sure that they will never ever make that mistake instead of mm. proactively trying to say, hey, look, let's fix this together. And like I said, this is also driven by the guests who stay there, right? In five-star hotels where you pay a thousand euros per room, a lot of people are very, very dramatic on purpose. It's just the way they are, right? They will scream at you. They Actually, will... <laughs> yes. I think. I mean, I see. I see your point, and I asked you what you think because I think we're having a discussion. So that's why I'm asking you questions. First Thank you. Time. And then <laughs> I want to share my opinion with you as well. Um, I actually think it has to do a lot with like unrealistic workloads. I think sometimes hotel owners and top managers have not realized how much additional workload it has become with like digitalization, like holding in all the different standards, you know, decreasing number of employees, increase like serving, increased number of guests. And I think there's a certain amount of stress level that just gets passed on from different managements down to all the, the frontline staff as well. And I kind of, you know, I think back to when I was working in luxury hotels, I remember that I wanted to have a good time with guests and colleagues, but sometimes it was really hard because the workload was so much and everybody was kind of overwhelmed that they were, they had a short circuit and that kind of made it difficult to have that good environment. But I really like, I think if now we have studies that prove that people, um, you know, behave better if they have a, a friendly atmosphere between, between colleagues. Maybe it's really something hotels should put more focus on. I guess they try also, before. Also, you and I both know this. We've um, we've worked in a multitude of different stressful environments, and a stressful environment doesn't always mean toxic culture. No, that's not true even, as well. Not 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 even close, in my opinion, right? I mean, I've worked mm -hmm. in teams where people were extremely stressed, yet everybody was enjoying themselves. And at the end of the evening, everybody mm -hmm. went for a beer. And that was the way that they finished, right? So <laughs> without... Other people feeling... went to yoga. Well, depends, yes. <laughs> everybody has their own spice, advice, sorry. Uh, 
that's yeah, the that's point, very right? true. This kind of mm. studies restart these conversations, right? And um, mm. oftentimes, right, you can, you can, I'm sure there's a lot of people who still work in five-star hotels and you'll tell them, make sure your employees are having fun and like each other. And they'll just laugh at you and be like, it's all about guest service. That's what we care about here. It doesn't matter if you're too weak, <laughs> leave, right? And that's just <laughs> stupid. That's just, that uh, does sound familiar. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, um, that's why scientific papers exist, to question the status quo, right? Even though it's obvious sometimes to some people, not all. <clears throat> not all people. All right. On that What note, do you think? Do we have a small, small thing? Oh, maybe a little recommendation to, unless you have something you want to share? No, no, you go for it. You go for it. You sounded very excited just now. Uh, an interview with Jeff Bezos came out. I think this is pretty <gasps> cool. So oh, yeah. for those of you, I mean, there is a million different snippets of like 30, 20 minute interviews with Jeff Bezos. There is now an interview for, uh, who, which was done by Lex Friedman. He has a podcast called Lex Friedman. And it's a two hour long interview, just chatting mm -hmm. with Jeff Bezos about life. I found it very fascinating. Okay. Now think about it. Like one of the richest men in the world who built one of the biggest companies in the world. It's just chatting about his childhood and what he is and what he does. It's pretty good, you know, long form contact uh, content, which you can consume while washing dishes or something. I think that's a good recommendation. Yep, that's very good recommendation to start. So okay. make sure you check out our newsletter because all the sources are in the newsletter. Yes, and there are even more things, exciting things that we didn't talk about yet. For example, yep. hospitality trends. And you know how Gen Z is changing the travel industry, and so on and so on. Which I and also how to make uh, how to make money without working. Uh, we found an article about oh. that as well. Yeah, wow. we didn't talk about it. So if you're that kind of person, so make sure you subscribe to our newsletter. That's the, exactly the, the target group we're addressing here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Mish. Thank we're talking about the news this week. Bye, bye, everyone. Bye.